Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 8.51 p.m. on Monday, January 21st. Welcome back, and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle. And Samuel Shoyola. We're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches millennials to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares them for family. Pretty much, we teach millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, while preparing them for family if that is a current desire they have. All right, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us at the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on marriageformillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials. Rose Twitter and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it will pop up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site from books to free courses, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. Woo! <laughs> all right. All righty. Hey, guys. So how y'all been, man? We, we we've we've had a good, we've had a pretty pretty productive weekend. Uh, pretty yeah, pretty admin weekend. Well, we hope you guys had a great weekend um, and a great start to your week. Um, Sam and I, um, for the most part, did a lot of admin. It was lots of cleaning. Cleaning is still being done. Yeah, we're still working on it. Yeah, we're doing big deep cleaning over here. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did we do this weekend? Well, we helped with a friend on some babysitting. Uh, yes. So it was good to hang out with her her young son and taking him to church with us and you know just helping impart some things into his life as well. I think uh was it was a great time honestly. Yeah, it was also a great practice to see like a I guess a toddler or ish age just kind of roaming around and yeah you know just like wow like we are oh, oh this single. is what six-year-olds are are like <laughs> yeah it's like right. we are single we do have a lot of time to yep. have free time definitely something that we um it made me not take for granted that was actually one of the points that, that we got brought up so this weekend we also did a, a church interview um for our membership and in in the church interview, one thing we learned is like, yeah, as singles, you have a lot more time, so you should invest while you have the time before you have kids in, you know, church activities and stuff like that while you still have the time. Yeah, and I think, I mean, of course, I knew that, like, you obviously know that you don't have kids, and you know that when kids come, you're going to have, like, a lot less time, but I think before you have a kid, you don't really experience that. Because you don't have the kid. So you, you know yeah. you have time, but you don't realize how much time you're not going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of a good practice just to kind of see. But it was so much fun. Like, we can't wait to have, um, you know, him over again. Yeah. We, we really loved it, though. So it was great. Um, but enough oh, also, about us. We, no, we, wait, wait. We also had the G3 conference. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah. We did. That was great. We go to the G3 conference every year. Um if you don't know about the G3 conference, feel free to research on it. Google um, it. Yeah, it was great. Um, a bunch of speakers. We had what? Vody Bakum, Paul. Paul Washer. Um, we Stephen also had Lawson. Mm-hmm, John Piper was there. Mm-hmm, Conrad. Conrad Mbewe. and um, yeah, it w- and uh, James White was there as well. So it was it was a very packed house, and I mean, from beginning to end, everybody's message was powerful 
very very powerful so um but yeah with with uh without further ado enough enough, about us enough about our weekend (laughs) yes um so today's title is the dangers of idolizing the five love languages i know you saw it so you clicked it um and this is pretty much a podcast based on um the well-known book the five love languages um by gary chapman Mm -hmm. um we actually posted a chat um, a couple weeks ago on the Marriage Millennials Instagram page, pretty much asking, you know, those on our social media feed, like, what, you know, what is your best or your most top five love languages or whatever? Like, like yeah. how do you rank? How do you rank yourself? Yeah. If you don't know about it, there's like a test. There's like stuff that goes on in that that you would you would rank your different love languages and stuff like that. Yeah, so we were kind of asking, like, how do you rank? And we got some responses. Um, and so um, part of it was a genuine um, concern. But then as we learned more, which is kind of like in that week, it kind of turned into like a little test, like to see what are people saying about it so that as we were preparing for this podcast. Um, so yes, um, we kind of just talked about what are the five love languages, but I like to go a little bit deeper. You want to go ahead and um, kick that off, Boo? All right, yeah, I'll touch on it. Um, so essentially when it comes to the five love languages, you have, um, let's see, you got physical touch, you got uh, words of affirmation, you have, uh, help me out here. We got uh, um, acts, of service, acts of service, quality time, um, receiving gifts. Right. Yes. And essentially what the, 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 the general, I guess, theme of the book is to identify what your top love languages are out of those five and then get others to know your top five love languages so they can then... Uh, when they love on you, that they would love you in the way that is most compatible with your love language. Yes. So pretty much um, Gary Chapman pretty much says that there are five common ways that people like to be loved and that they love others. And so with that, he came up with the five love languages and put it in a book and then has since created conferences and other books based on those five love languages. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes. um, It's a business. So I'm sure that, uh, you know, You've probably heard of it, but if you've been under a rock, that's what um, the five love languages are. Um, And so with that, we kind of want to go into how we initially felt about the love language, five love languages. Tell the people how you felt. I mean, I was all for it. And so are most women. But like, like, (laughs) but like, I was all for it. I was like, yeah, like, okay, like, I give you the blueprint on how to treat me. Awesome. Like, this is great. Like, you don't have to wonder because, you know, a lot of times... You hear men, they're like, we don't, we, I don't even know what women want. And it's just like, no, well, here's a blueprint. Like, it's the clearest day. You have no excuse. Like, get to work. Like, right? Right. And so um, that's how I felt about it. But Sam was on another side. I was apprehensive, man, because I just, you know, I had talked about it with a friend. And the way that we had both kind of, we came to the same conclusion um, without even talking to each other until we finally talked about it. And then, we had essentially come to the conclusion that the book is basically just pushing. You're you're telling people I want you to love me the way I want you to love me, and that to me can be. We didn't know how to really articulate it that well. Yeah, it was just kind of like, yeah, this is woman stuff. That's how they articulated it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't help. That doesn't help. I don't understand. So, 
um, we kept doing it because I'm like, okay, well, that's not that's not a good explanation of a, or a reason as to why you don't want to do it. So uh, we're going to do it. Hey, man, sometimes you got to go with that gut, man. Okay. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> so initially, um, I was all for it. Sam was kind of like, yeah, I'm not really into this, but I'll do it for you. So um, <laughs> we didn't actually read the Five Love Languages book, but after we got married, um, okay, so backstory. When I got engaged, I got flooded with books. I think it's because, one, people know I'm a reader, like I love to read. Um, and then also, you know, people always want to pour into your marriage, which is awesome. And so I got a bunch of books um, from people. But you know when you get books, you get books from everybody, from different type of people, different type of Christians, different type of you know, all people from all walks all of life. All spectrums. Right. And so but I'm like, okay, I have these books in the house. Like, we have to read them. And so I'm like, okay, we're cracking the first book open. Um, and so it was like Things I Wish I Knew Before I Got Married by Gary Chapman. It's like right. his second or third book. And so, you know, we were reading through it as a couple. And, you know, of course, the five love languages came up in that book. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how we um, – started kind of reading that book so we're reading that book and then during that time we set up with our premarital counselors to have dinner with them and just to kind of recap on how our our marriage has been since we got married and things of that nature and then like I kind of started having a change of heart based on some of the things that they said and that's kind of what we want to um express to you guys and tell you show you guys on this podcast right right um, I mean, yeah, we had the change of heart and essentially what we, the conclusion that we came to was, uh, well, one of the conclusions, there's a whole bunch of conclusions that we came to on this issue, but, um, one of them was that, um, it promotes this idea that Jesus actually warns us against. And that idea is that it's easy to love those that love you. Um, if you... If you turn in your Bible to Matthew five forty six, it it talks about that specific thing. Like, it's even the Gentiles, right? Like, even the people who are unbelievers, the worldly people, they do this very thing. They they do acts of service to people that they know will repay them back, right? In other words, they love people in a certain love language so that they can get loved back in that love language. Yeah, and I think what what. Jesus was actually saying is like it's easy to love people that love you like it's easy to love people who um do not necessarily do right by you but just like communicate to you or just do things that you like you know what I mean like right. it's it's easy and 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 so he was saying like how much more different are you from the non-believer or the tax collector who do those things? That's the easy part. Like, Jesus is like, yeah, I mean, just because you love someone that loves you, what is that? Okay, cool, good for you. But it's harder to love someone who is either not loving you in the way that you feel you should be loved exactly. or is completely and utterly against you. That's that's And that's kind of what, you know, Jesus that's what That's what Jesus was saying was genuine love. So he's like... I'm actually pointing you to the deeper, what what the Gentiles were practicing during that time is what he's calling superficial love, but this is something that's being pumped into Christianity right now. And I'm not, we're not trying to demonize all of Gary. Chat. If you read the book, you'll see there's a lot of actual good, useful things in the book. Yeah. But what we're trying to do is is take out take out the bones and you know we'll we'll, we'll swallow the the meat and the nutrition right but the the stuff that's bad for us we definitely don't want to we don't want to take that without criticizing it 
Yeah, and I think that um, as opposed to saying, like, another point, like, opposed to saying, like, it's bad to we're going to take it out, I think what Sam and I really got from the five love language is not that it's bad and we need to take it out, but that there's just so much more. Yeah, there's yeah, a like, deeper reality. Yeah, like, there's, there's, there's just so much more to it that he didn't include in the book and that people need to know about. Um, So you have two extremes here, right? Because... Again, like, if you only show love the way you like to receive it, like, if you're, a, if you're a husband and you really like physical touch, you really like when your wife touches on you. And I don't necessarily mean that in an intimacy way all the time, but just, you know, like when she caresses your back, hey, babe, like, so proud of you. And she gives you a rub. I'm actually rubbing Sam right now. Right back. now. <laughs> Feels great. But, um, so... Um, you know, if, if you're a husband and you like that, so the only way you respond to your wife is by touching her because you like touch, that is selfish because what you're doing is you're only loving her in the way that you want to be loved and you're not dying to yourself in, in the idea that, Hey, my wife receives love in a different way. Yeah. And then on the flip side, it also trains the person who's receiving it to always expect, right? There's the expectation that, well, I, since we're buying into this whole five love languages things, I have a love language and I must only receive it in this way. And that is really the crux of what Jesus is actually talking about there in that Matthew 5, 48 verse that we were talking about. He's, he's, he's speaking against that in the sense that, hey, it's not always about receiving something back. It's actually about giving and not expecting anything back. That's right. the best and most selfless and deepest version of love that uh, I think we all should be striving for. Right. So it's like it's two extremes that are equally both as selfish. Again, one, you're loving someone only in your way. And then on the other extreme, you're expecting someone to love you perfectly, which meaning that it's all about you, um, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so, yeah. And so that kind of brings us to our set, our our next point, which is, um, that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and it's not to say that caring for others is wrong, right? We are not saying that at all. I mean, I personally r- really have a problem when people make it seem like, you know, you married someone just to like not love them in their, la- in, in the way they need to be loved. And you like, and a marriage is just supposed to like just be this wonderful thing where you feel intimate and best friends. Right. Like you don't even know you don't even know your spouse. You're not even trying to know your spouse. You're not trying to love them in an, another way. So I think there's balance there, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't just like completely ignore your spouse and then say, yeah, well, you know, you need to work on your expectations. Like you can't do that. Like you can't use it as a crutch to not care. So I'm not saying that caring for others is wrong. However, I am saying that you know. That expectation of whatever your love language is that you're putting on your spouse, that's a personal problem. And it's really just like you lack dependency on Christ. You're putting that dependency on your spouse, on your friends, or whoever you're in a relationship with to love you in a specific way that God yeah. may not even want for you at that time. Yeah, it, it's, it's, look, we all know the deepest and most unshakable love that we can ever get is going to be only found in Christ. And we know that our flawed human partners um, are going to be, our spouses is going to be, they're not going to, they're not in any way, shape or form 
going to reach the standard. They're not going to they're not going to be that perfect love that we're looking for. And the moment that we do that, we are making not only the love language an idol, but we're, then we make our spouse an idol. Right. And, you know, you don't want to you don't want to do that. You don't want to make. Yeah, I just I just don't I don't it didn't jive with me. Yeah. But it, but it, it's just the, it's not even that it doesn't jive with me. It's more though that it doesn't jive with God's word. Yeah, and it's so funny that you make a really good point because you know I see a social media culture, you know, with radical feminism and all of that nonsense, um, where it's kind of like yeah, you know, it's like if you say you love your husband, right? If you say you love your husband, they're like, oh, well, you know, we need to teach our women that their worth is not just in a man. And you see all these things on social media, right, that are pretty much just indirectly breaking down family structure, which is which is powerful. Um, but essentially, it's like on one hand, they say we need to teach our women not to idolize their husbands, right? Like they mean more <laughs> than a man. But then you get with a man and you force him to idolize you anyway, Right. By forcing it, it's it's the craziest thing. Right, right. Um. So, but yeah, and so with that, you know, this can even this personal problem can even trickle into friendships as well. Um. I remember I was kind of talking to like a friend, and I have friends that you know we do the five love language. We did the five love languages test to see how we can best love each other as friends, as sisters, and like you know I was having a conversation one time. Um, with one of my girls and she pretty much was saying like yeah you know like this is what I require like these are my expectations da, 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 da. and I was like yeah you know and she's like and she's like and when I don't do that for you I need you to tell me that I'm not doing it I'm like I don't it's okay like there's grace and I don't put my ultimate hope and trust in you know my friends right you know they, they will never satisfy me I mean, completely no, notice even the verbiage it's what i require my expectations like it's almost as though they have like it it in in it's not it's not they say you can't have expectations or require anything of someone but it's more so to say that where is that grace where is the forgiveness where is the idea that okay the person that you're talking to is flawed and they might forget to call you over a certain amount of period of time. Where's the grace in in saying that, you know, okay, the person is flawed and they might they might show you love in the most common way that they're just more familiar with. And maybe you didn't maybe you just wanted to hear words from them but they gave you a gift. Like, okay, where's the grace to receive the gift and be okay with that? Right. Because you because you're because you are already full, as they say in the in the love language thing, like, you know, you, you want to fill up their tank with their love language. But it wouldn't it be better to have your tank always on full? With Christ. With Christ. <laughs> like that that would that would be excellent. Because you know you're never gonna have a full tank depending on, you know, the 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 gas of <laughs> of your fellow of your fellow of your fellow man. Yeah, and it just takes the pressure off, man, because like whether in friendships or in your marriage, it's like you don't want your you don't want it to become robotic. Like you don't want your spouse or your friends to feel like, okay, well if I do this many times of like words of affirmation plus these many times of acts of service minus this physical touch, then we have a great marriage and a great friend. It's like, oh my God. Like, it's just like. Yeah, everything becomes an equation. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's too much. And then also, um, kind of like how we were saying, like, you know, the, the your five love languages, there's so much more. There's really, yeah, you may score like higher on a certain number, but in the grand scheme of things, if we stripped all of the other love languages away and only gave you one, 
Would you be satisfied? No, you want we you, you want them would. all. Yeah. Like you, you want them would. all. Yeah. And so that kind of turns into is it ever enough? Like if we gave you those love languages, your top love languages, if your spouse just gave it, he laid it on you, right? What would happen? You would eventually want more. Yeah, you get used to it. It's just like a it's just like a high that you I mean, the endorphins that you get when someone does meet your quote unquote requirement for a love language. It's just like a drug. Like anyone, any psychologist will tell you, endorphins are just like drugs. And you'll get high off of that for, for a while, but then you'll get used to it. And now you require a new high. You need a new threshold and you will automatically, psychologically, you'll make that in your head. Okay, well, this is the new level I want to get to this year. And, you know, it pro- it'll probably be every new, every, every new year's you, get got, you got a new re- resolution talking about some how high you want to get on on this love level or whatever like that and and I just think that that is not the way organic relationships should really come about. Yeah, cuz I mean, say you have words of affirmation like one on one hand your partner is like, "Yeah, I really like the way you did that." And then like it just turns into like, "Yeah, now it has to be like these Shakespeare poems of like right. of yeah, or you know, you do an acts of service and you know, you're still giving versus me... one thing, and now it has to be magnified, or you get this small gift. You're like, oh, this is great, but then it turns into like the gift just has to keep getting bigger and bigger. And bigger. And you, you, I mean, you, you, you'll just never be satisfied, right? Um, and so you people, know, people be like, people be like, well, you know, that gift that you gave me, that was like on the level of like 2016 when our relationship mm-hmm. was at like you know right there, and now it's like, well, we're in 2019, so you know, I, I would like for our love to grow. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, like the, it, we can't keep, we have to learn to be suffice with Christ and, and take everything that man bestows or does for us as an act of grace, not owed to us, but it's just, it's, it's mercy. It's mercy that God gives in sanctifying your partner's life, right? And as he's sanctifying your partner's life, he is great. He is, he is, he is blessing you right. through whatever it is that they give you. Right. And so, you know, at the end of the day, like you need to like we have to stop forcing our spouses to idolize us. Um, We have to stop forcing our friends to idolize us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to stop partaking in idolize me culture, which is our next point. And I mean, even another way you can say it, just because like sometimes you say idolize and people like there's so many like ways you can look at it. But let's like let's put it in stark terms where it's like stop telling people to bow before you right it's like telling me love me as i long to be loved it's like right. who does that but god right right it's exactly like- <laughs> so so even so when you look we were thinking about this we we're like all right 10 commandments right god gave us 10 commandments but now <laughs> courtesy of gary chapman we have five more commandments <laughs> And when it comes to our Ten Commandments, um, we have these extra five, and these five, if they're not done, we it's, put it like this: If you're adding five, who are you? Because the only person who gave us Ten Commandments was God, right? So if you add five, then you must be putting yourself in the position of dun 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 God. That's exactly who you're putting yourself in the position of. You're adding to the commandments. You're saying that it must be done this way. Otherwise, I and, and even think about it. Think about it this way. Okay, how about this? There was the parable Jesus told where there was a, a, a debtor who owed a large debt to a king. 
The king forgives the debt. The debtor then goes to someone else who owes him a much smaller debt, and he's ready to have his head. The king finds out, and he says, I forgave you for so much more. Why can't you just give mercy to this to this man, right? So that, to me, is exactly what's being personified when this happens. What happens is essentially that we have people who are viewing themselves as God, and they are saying that I am commanding you to follow these extra five commandments on top of whatever it is that God had. Right, and, you know, we always have to remember that, you know, God forgave us of a greater debt. So who are we to demand, you know, that perfect adherence to our desires? You know, like God forgives us knowing that we could literally never, ever repay him for all he has done for us. Um, yet we expect someone to get it right a hundred percent and we are offended and we are, you know, hurt and we want wrath and justice when someone else doesn't do right, but we dare not wish hell upon ourselves. Nope. And so, and, and, and so, you know, we always, grace for me, not for you. Right. Right. <laughs> you want grace? Act God for grace. <laughs> so, so yes. Um, so Yes, getting away from idolize me culture kind of brings us into our second point. And I really like this one that we did. Um, the sanctification timeline, God or yours? Yeah, um, you know, th- it becomes one of these things where implicitly what you're saying when you are demanding that your spouse or your friend love you in one of the five love languages that you prefer is it you're saying, hey, God, um, you know that sanctification that you're doing with that person? It's not going fast enough. I need you to speed that up to my liking, to my speed, because my speed is the optimal speed. And, um, yeah, that it's, it's you are, once again, like we said before, you're putting yourself in the, you're, first of all, you're questioning God's timing. That's number one. And then you're putting yourself also in the position of God again. Yeah, and that's definitely something that I that I did, and I think most women do, because again, most of the most of the time, it's the women who's like extremely into the book or the languages. Um, so that's definitely something um, that I was doing, and so yeah, like again, it's there. It's not when you communicate to your partner that you'd like to be loved in a certain way. Like, I don't think that is making yourself a god, but when you literally like let that expectation bring strife into your marriage and you know you're holding someone to this and there's like a carrot over their head like at that point what you're saying to God indirectly is yeah like I'm not satisfied in the timeline that you have given me with my spouse and I think I remember Andrea um our our counselor actually saying that she she was stating to us that it tends to, especially for the women, it tends to push them in the direction of trying to rule over their husbands. Because what ends up happening is because love is an emotional thing, um, as the women are more attracted to this particular book, they end up being the ones who are saying, well, your sanctification husband is not moving fast enough. The husbands, too, that tend to gravitate towards this particular book also do the same thing to their wives um, if they if they're falling if they're falling for this and what what essentially what what I really want to get at is that when it comes to the heart right 
anything when you're dealing with issues of the heart, love being one of the primal prime, the prime issues of the heart, you have to remember what the heart actually is as described by the Bible. The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it, right? So oftentimes what, what ends up happening is as you're looking at the quote-unquote five love languages, what you're really looking at is the five lust languages because essentially what you're dealing with is I am trying to make sure that you adhere to this thing that I so strongly desire. I desire it more than I desire Christ even. I, I desire, desire it more than I desire you, my spouse. Right. And that's supposed to be the second thing to Christ. So the fact that that, 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 that love language is becoming more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's becoming more... Uh, like sought after. Yeah. It's becoming more primary than your spouse or God, which are supposed to be the two top things as far as you're concerned. God being first, your spouse being second. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see how that's of any benefit to a marriage. Yeah, and then also or a friendship. And also, I think um, again, we've only been here for two seconds, so we are not trying to give any like, oh yeah, in my marriage I've learned like we haven't learned anything. Like we we're learning. Like we haven't learned enough to be at a stopping point, but we we are learning. But one of the one of the coolest things to me, um, just kind of being almost six months in the game is when I see my husband love me in a way that is not my primary primary love language per se or just a primarily way that I would receive love but I I can literally watch him doing his thing in his way and say he loves me in his own way and like crack a smile like even Mm -hmm. if he doesn't realize that I'm doing it like and vice versa for me too it's it's the exact same thing I see Ro doing something um maybe around the house or she just like Rochelle is one she she learns people very quickly and when she learns them she just essentially prepares a place so she she's that's the type of person she is she'll have certain things ready for you she knows you're forgetful about a certain thing she'll just have it ready for you and just like and and I love when she does that I love when she has um particular items that I am very forgetful uh, when it comes to, you know, running out the door in a hurry. Like the other day when we were going to the conference. So I had to go to work and, you know, Sam gets off work a little bit earlier than me. And so um, I knew that more than likely, you know, for registration, they give you like a name uh, badge or whatever. You're right, right. And I knew that more than likely he probably was going to forget it. Yep. Um, and so, <laughs> and so um, you know, I didn't say anything. I just placed it on the door like, and, and I went to work. And he called, and he called me because you know usually Sam is busy, so he doesn't really call me. So he calls me, and he's like, um, "Did you did you put the the badge on the door for me?" And I'm like, "Yes, I did." And he's just like, "Thank you, like I really like that." <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, man, small stuff like that to let it just lets you know, like, wow, she 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 truly does love me. Um, and even though when I took the test, though. My my primary form of lang- uh, love language was physical touch. But when I saw she did that for me, and that's not my primary love language, I was floored. I was I was amazed at the wife that God gave me. Like and 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 I and I and I appreciate God for showing for 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 Him blessing me with that. But not only that, it's just like as she she it's not just those things that she's already good at she's getting good at other things too that's the sanctification part that we're talking about and we have to appreciate we have to notice 
those fruits in our spouses. We have to notice when they grow and when they become more like Christ. Yeah, not just the fruits that we like the best, not just our favorite fruits, the fruits that Christ thinks are great. Right. Um, so another thing I wanted to address is, you know, when you are indirectly telling God that you're not satisfied with the sanctification timeline of your spouse, you are totally missing the point. Like it's kind of not even about your spouse at all. Mm. Like it's really about you and your sanctification, but you are idolizing your spouse so much that you're totally missing it. It is going totally over your head like an airplane, sis. Like Mm -hmm. seriously, because, you know, have you ever thought that the lack of, because God is sovereign, right, in everything. And so God is not surprised that your husband is not, or it, is not loving you in this right. way. He's, He's insensitive in one way or another. He, yeah, he, God is not surprised that your wife is not loving you in a certain way. God has ordained and structured that, even that very thing. So, like, have you ever thought that maybe the lack of something that you are receiving is all is about your sanctification? It's still teaching you to strengthen your patience, to strengthen your kindness, to strengthen your long suffering, to strength, strengthen your dependency on Christ. Right. Like, it's we could really take your spouse out of it, out of the equation. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? We and someone else could make you feel like you're lacking something from them. We could literally take the other person out of the equation. It's it's you and God, and you're totally missing that growth that God is trying to build in you because you're just like, no, no. But like, it's like, it's literally like the bird box movie. Cause it's like, no, no, no. But like, I, I can't really see like myself. Like I can just see like my spouse and I can just like, I, like, you know, you're not giving me what I need, God. Like I, 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 I can't even, I can't even. And God's just like, but I'm, I'm dealing with you over here. Like, like, what are we, right. ta- what are you talking about? And right. you're just like, no, but my spouse though, like God check my spouse though. Yeah. <laughs> and God's like, Check yourself, though. Yeah, and so it's like it's 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 crazy. I think I think sometimes this is why before we got married, we were very keen on the subject matter of you know like sanctification during your singleness. Um, singleness can be looked at almost as you know like the forty years in the wilderness that the that the Israelites had, mm-hmm. in which. You know, the Israelites at that time, that first generation, they were like really grumblers. They're looking at the other nations. They're saying, look, they got kings over there. Look at them. They, you know, back in Egypt, we had onions. We had certain types of food, certain, you know, certain amenities and stuff like that. And God's like, you're missing the point. I'm trying to get you to focus on me. I'm trying to get you to depend on me to see how I am providing everything that you need That's to good. see exactly and that, and that and that that to me is exactly where if if you are single and you find yourself you know expecting and thinking that you deserve things like that use this as an opportunity to look to Christ to look at to look at everything that he provides for you and find sufficiency in that be content in that and then in that contentness there it it opens up a lot of opportunity as far as for who it is that you would you know um consider a a a spouse or a partner it's not to say you should lower your expectations but what i'm saying is that at least in the area and in the idea of the ideal of perfection you're not looking for that in a human being right 
And so for our last point, we want to talk about compatibility. Um, and I think this is something that um, definitely needs to be talked about because, you know, so you get married, you spend a whole year or a couple of months planning this wedding. You have this wedding and everyone's celebrating with you and, you know, party's going, right? And then everyone leaves and it's you and your spouse. And, you know, that comes with some growing pains. And what's going to happen is you're going to have those growing pains. And the first thing you're going to do is you're going to have a hard time figuring it out. And you're going to tell yourself or even your partner that, you know, we are not compatible. And you're going to use the five love languages to build your case on why you're not compatible or what you can do to be more compatible, right? And we want to kind of talk about that because combat compatibility is really an attack on God's sovereignty for letting you marry the person you were supposed to marry. And it's also not real based yeah. on God's description of two people doing life together in marriage. Right. I mean, think about it this way. It's the idea of, of chemistry and like, there's a lot. I'll, 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 let me put this out there. First of all, <laughs> When it comes to Hollywood, we see a lot of quote unquote compatible couples who at the outset were like, Oh, look at that chemistry. They they just they look, they belong to each other. They have so much going on, so much, so much, so much, um, so much um what's the word I'm looking for? I guess compatibility. I don't know. <laughs> chemistry. They have so much going on for them. I, I can't I they're they're my new favorite power couple. Stuff like that, right? Only to see them not stand the test of time and not and you and you already know in regards to the way that they practice their lifestyle and stuff like that it's not a godly lifestyle and when you see that it should scream to us that hmm maybe this thing called compatibility is not all that there is to you know having a marriage work compatibility is not you know like Ruth Graham even said she said if two people agree on everything, one of them is unnecessary, right? Right. No one's actually compatible. Right. So if you want to be if technical. You, if, you, if you want to be technical, no one's compatible. There are just certain couples who know how to die to self easier right. than others. But right. in reality, none of you are compatible with right. each other because you're both different. And if you were the same person, you'd probably be bored or, again, the other person would be extremely unnecessary. And I'm definitely that type of person. Like... You're why are you taking up this duplicate amount of space when like <laughs> I'm literally that person like yeah, yeah. I totally get yeah. it so yeah yeah and I mean like the 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 aspect the the most beautiful aspects of marriage are actually found in in people who are not compatible with one another like there are certain habits that I have right now Rochelle knows them and she's going to gradually. Like water on a rock, she's going to chisel away at them. And it's going to be uncomfortable for me. And guess what? Sovereignly, God said, you know what? Look at that Look at that man, Sam, over there. He has a lot of work. He, he needs a lot of work if he's going to enter my kingdom. You know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to sovereignly put him with a woman named Rochelle. And Rochelle is going to chisel away at him until the point that he is shaped into the image 
of my son, Jesus Christ. And guess what? That, that, that woman over there, that beautiful woman, Rochelle, she got some flaws too. And I'm going to sovereignly put Sam in that woman's life to help chisel away at some of the, at many of the imperfections in her own life so that she is then formed into the image of my son, Jesus Christ, and they will enter my kingdom together. It's crazy because this is how Sam was saying, like, he has certain flaws that with time, you know, I would chisel away at them. There are also some characteristics that Sam has that I don't have that save me. Like, there's so many times where, like, I'm just in awe of how, like, Sam can handle this situation. And I just fail at it. Like, I'm just like... Ugh. Like, you know, and, and, and even sometimes, and even sometimes when Sam is like trying to guide me on a certain, um, aspect of certain things, like he said, like, I'm not just like, Oh yeah. Okay, babe. Yeah. Awesome. Great. No, I'm, I'm resistant and I'm just like, no. And you know, (laughs) and I'm just like a two year old who just learned the word. No, like, no, no, no. I don't have to prove to me why I have to. And right. And you just like this tug of war of your old self to where God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. And so um that incompatibility is extremely necessary for you to bear yeah. fruit. Yeah. It's iron sharpening iron. It like, starts off to be it's, there's going to be a lot of sparks at first because, you know, both both the pieces of metal aren't aren't compatible yet, but because of you wearing them together and you always sharpening them together, they become smooth blades. They become sharp and weapons that can be used for warfare. And the only way you're going to get there, though, is from incompatibility, is from that rubbing together um, and that uncomfortableness. That is That has to be, that's paramount for you to become useful, profitable, profitable um, servants of God. Yep, yep. And when you see people who are super compatible and guys believe me behind this mic i am putting the sarcastic sarcastic quotations when you see those people um one of the two things either happen um on one aspect they either don't stand the test of time um or on the second aspect they're very they're a very complacent couple that never bears any fruit Hmm. because because they're so compatible and so alike that they never challenge each other for better yeah and so, um, you know, I I challenge you to not be crippled by the word compatible. Right, right. <laughs> okay? Don't be crippled by that word. There's so much more than compa- compatibility. Right. Like, compatibility is very surface level. Yeah, it's not about compatibility. It's about the image of Christ. It's about us being the, having the character of Christ. And Christ is using... Human beings, flawed, incompatible human beings to mold each and every one of us into the image of his son. That's just what's happening. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's all of our notes for the day. (laughs) (laughs) We've Um, come to the end. Yes, 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 we've come to the end. Um, So, yes, again, guys, just just to kind of wrap up, um, telling your spouse how they could love you better is great, but expecting and idolizing is where we fall short. So we would both challenge you just to, you know, keep it fun, keep it funky, keep it faith-based yeah. um, in your marriage. Um, pray for us. 
and we'll be praying for you guys too. Keep your tank full on Christ. <laughs> All righty, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.